This is SAFM Sport with Tabiso Musia. Okay, before we go to our guest, Jamie Bond, who's on the line, punchperfect.com, let's just hear from El Rato Lamini, who's off to, 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 to Liverpool tonight to take on James Dickens for the vacant IBO featherweight title. And uh, Velile Mnyandu caught up with him earlier today. Um, I'm feeling good. Um, I'm feeling relaxed. Um, like, this is the first time in my career where I'm so relaxed about a fight. You know, um, I think it's because... I've worked hard, you know, throughout the months, not just uh, for the preparation of this fight, throughout the whole year. And uh, I've seen improvement, and uh, we've got a very, very good game plan. So I think that's why I'm feeling so relaxed, and I'm confident in my team. Yeah. Um, I, I, just, I just saw something uh, when Colin was showing that the visas are out and, and the excitement and it then means that um, there's no turning back. Now there's no turning back now. Uh, tonight we are off to the UK, going to cause a major upset, dead side, and then come back with that belt, come back as a world champion. I'm going to leave as a contender and then come back as a world champion. I'll be turning seven years. Uh, like, is there, you know, when you come from, from a loss, um, I was still in free state. The, at, the, at the time, and then I had to relocate this side. So once I got this side, that's when my mind shifted. That's when I started to be more disciplined, started to fight at the weight that's suitable for me and that's suitable for my height. And ever since, I never looked back. I've been just winning, 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 and just been, and now I'm fighting for a world title. When, when Archie Jonas yeah. uh, comes from there as well, but most importantly, boxing, uh, uh, Volcom has never had a world champion. Yeah, Volcom has never had a world champion, you know, so I want to be the first and the new world champion coming from Volcom, you know, and it's going to be the first title that I'm going to win, and then there's more world titles coming through from me bringing them to Volcom. Okay, lights out, sounding very confident ahead of this fight. And to think that he fought two weeks ago in Makufe, it was a four-round four stoppage, though, so it didn't seem like uh, there was any trouble for him there, and that's why he sounds ready for this one in the in um, in Liverpool. And one man who's attending it is Jamie Bourne from Punch Perfect Boxing. Uh, please subscribe to them. Also, um, subscribe online on YouTube, Punch Perfect Boxing. Let's give him some support because he's always kind enough to speak to us here in South Africa. Jamie, good evening, and thanks for being able to take our call tonight i'm all good thanks to how are you doing no we're good we're good yeah i understand you'll be attending the fight on saturday in liverpool how was uh, what are you expecting it's going to be an interesting fight i'm looking forward to attending uh, i think there's just such a buzz around colin nathan's gym at the minute and sometimes you see in boxing and in sport in general that momentum is a real thing and i just feel like there's this buzz after what Budler did over in mexico nonchinga as well I just feel like there's a real opportunity for here. You know, Jazza Dickens is coming off a heavy defeat last year, hasn't really done much since. So I think there's a real opportunity for that run to continue. And what more can you tell us about Dickens? Because like you're saying, I believe that this is a big fight for him, for him to get back into the big leagues. He has something to prove. 
Absolutely, yeah. Last year, he uh, he challenged for the world title against Kid Galahad, and that was a really tough fight for him where he was cut quite badly and he ended up being stopped. So it was a very taxing fight for him, and he's getting on now, but he's very seasoned. Even as an amateur, he competed against the likes of Josh Taylor, who's obviously an undisputed champion nowadays, and he defeated him in the amateurs. He also beat Joe Cordina, who's won a world title earlier this year as well. So here in the UK, he mixed it at a very good level at the amateurs. In the pros, he's mixed it. At a good level but he's always just come up short despite the fact he's actually got some really good wins you look you know just a couple of years ago he defeated lee wood who's obviously gone on to win a world title at featherweight himself so he's very good the problem is with him he's southpaw which is always an issue for a lot of fighters so he's very tricky but he's getting on in terms of his pro career now and i think this is very much last chance saloon for him so there's no room for error for him considering that he's 31 like you say yeah, absolutely. You know, he's had his defeats now and there's only so many times you can rebound from that before promoters probably stop taking a chance on you. So this is a massive chance for him to, to get back in the mix. Is he from Liverpool? Is he fighting in front of his home crowd? Yeah, he's from Liverpool and uh, they definitely turn out for their, their home fighters. And it's in a, one of the smaller arenas in Liverpool as well. I've been there before, so it's quite a quite a tense atmosphere and I'm sure they'll be cheering him on. And I know you've been trying to find out about Larato Lamini, unbeaten in seven years. What have you made of him? Yeah, he's very athletic. Um, I think that's one of the things he poses here. He's very athletic. He's a good puncher. He has a, a very well-rounded skill set. I wouldn't say there's many weaknesses. I'd say that he's quite good across the board. And I think the 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 thing that really stands him in good stead is that he's been so active, as you mm. were saying a minute ago. He fought two weeks ago. Also fought in July as well. So that means that he's... Yeah, he's razor sharp, he's he's match fit, and you sometimes can't beat that in boxing. You know, Jazza Dickens had a heavy defeat last year, fought earlier this year against a, a sort of lower lower level contender. So now he's jumping in, you know, with a fight that he may be overlooking on short notice. So I think uh, Lamini is very much ready to, to go into this one. So who starts as, favor- as the favourite here, Jamie, in your opinion? I think Dickens, just in terms of the opposition he's faced, um, I also think obviously he will be a more recognised name in boxing and I think the uh, the betting odds and the bookies will look at that, just the opponents he's mixed it with and you know his, his background in the amateurs and stuff, but I think Lamini is very much a very live underdog in this one. And you mentioned Colin Nathan, we also caught up with him earlier today, let's hear from him before their departure to uh, Liverpool. Well, I mean, the busier I am, you know, the better profile it is for my fighters. The, you know, the bigger the profile it is for my fighters. They get featured and they're on all the platforms, and that's what I want, you know, across, across the world. I'm looking for not just South African domination, but global domination. Um, I just like going overseas and producing the upsets, and we're going to produce an upset Saturday night. So Lerato, with underdogs, we're going to the guy's backyard, but we are going to Murim, and we're going to Murim and win the World Championship. Um, I'm confident that my guy's in great shape, in great spirits, mentally and emotionally, spiritually as well, and I think we've got the right plan, and I think we've got the, the, the right, the right... I just think the stars are aligned for Lorata to be Jazz Dickens on Saturday night, I do. Mm-hmm. And you're talking about going to do that in Liverpool. You've been to Mexico twice, um, in the last two three months, correct, and you return victorious. Correct. Is that also what is giving you confidence uh, when you're this fight? No. Uh, well, obviously that that I know I can go on the road and travel and pull off the wins, upset wins, and go into the guy's backyard. But also I know that I'm a very good trainer, and I know that I'm world class, and I know that. Um, I trust my ability as a coach and as a corner man and as, and as a fight manager to get the best out of my athletes. 
Um, you know, my, my nickname's not Nomo Ganjani anymore. It's Mr. Nine Minutes. Okay, Mr. Nine Minutes. What kind of a status does he, does he have overseas, Jamie Colin Nathan? Because he's done a lot, like you said. Yeah, this has been a massive year for him. And, and Colin's obviously been in the sport for, for a much longer time. But I feel like this year he's really starting to get the recognition he deserves. I've had him on my platform and I've really been trying to sort of push the message that I think he's very much in the conversation for trainer of the year this year. Especially if, you know, Lorato goes and wins this weekend as well. I think it almost becomes, you know, how do you not give him trainer of the year? Because to take fighters that are underdogs, you know, overseas, especially places that are so hostile like Mexico and also Liverpool, which will be Jazza Dickens' backyard. If you pull off victories there, I just think it speaks to the to the levels of the trainer. I think he had great exposure on DAZN for Nonshinga's fight where he said about the the nine minutes to change your life. I think <laughs> that went sort of semi-viral in the sporting world. So, yeah, Colin Nathan is someone that I'm very much trying to push over here as one of the best trainers in the sport. Okay, good on you. There's another big fight that side, Clarissa Schills and Savannah Marshall. What's at stake here and how, how has the build-up been? Oh, it's been a it's been a tense build up. Obviously, <laughs> this was originally scheduled for September, and then obviously with yeah. the Queen's passing, it got delayed. So I think it's lost a little bit of momentum. Obviously, with some of the other news that we've had over here with Conor Ben and Chris Eubank, which has kind of put a bit of a downer on on British boxing for the last couple of weeks. But I feel like the excitement's building. I mean, Shields is just a great character. She's very much. You don't see a lot of characters like that here in the UK. Everyone's a little bit more, you know, straight to the point, probably a little bit more visible. But she's very vibrant. She comes with a big personality. She's really carried the promotion for this one. So I think it's going to be a really, really interesting fight. You mentioned Conor Ben and Chris Eubank Jr. What's the status of that fight now? What's the latest following that failed drugs test last week? To be honest, it's pretty much radio silence um, from the, you know, from Ben's perspective and his team. I think they're just waiting to see how they manage and kind of manage the damage limitations for this one. You know, they're going to need to come out eventually with some form of statement. They're going to have to go public with some information at some point. And I think at the minute, it's just a case of figuring out how they do that without, you know, getting into too much trouble and his reputation being too damaged. So I think Chris Eubank is very much enjoying being the favourite here for once. You know, a lot of fans have taken to him. He's been doing sort of fan meet and greets and signing stuff and giving away some merchandise. So he's reveling in it a little bit. And I think he just waits for a big fight to be secured now. But for Conor Ben, things aren't looking good. I think there's a bit of a reputation rebuild on the on the way. Okay, and I saw Chris Van Yarden tweeting today. Um, apparently, it's not the first time that Conor Ben has tested positive and Chris Van Yarden, I think, wants to fight him again or wants the result to be scrapped from their last fight. But anyway, um, down under, Devin Haney has taken his belts to Australia, giving George Cambosos another chance. I was listening to your preview. You're saying basically it's a strange rematch, but there was a rematch clause. Could Haney not get out of it? And what do you make of this fight? Yeah, it's one of those rematch clauses in boxing where it just sort of holds up the division a little bit. But the one sort of saving grace here is that, you know, their first fight was in June. This is in October. Sometimes you get a rematch clause that can last a a year and it holds up mandatory challenges and just the progression of not only a fighter's career, but the division. So I'm glad they're getting this one done nice and quickly. I think Devin Haney... The questions first time going over there was how will he handle the the Australian atmosphere? Cambosis has got very rowdy fans. How will he deal with that being away from home for the first time? 
And to be honest, he handled it brilliantly. And I think, you know, once something's no longer a new experience, you're able to deal with it a lot better. So I think he goes into this one supremely confident. I think Cambosis goes into this a bit of a wounded warrior because in the past, he's had supreme confidence. He's never tasted defeat before. I've been watching some of the build-up stuff this week and he very much has had to eat humble pie a little bit and just play things calm. And he's going to go in there, I think, and just try and give it his all. What, what are Cambosos' chances? Because, I mean, David Haney outclassed him and outboxed him in that first fight. Yeah, his chances are very slim, in all honesty. Um, it does have to be said that, you know, last time he was very much outclassed, like you said, but two of the judges still managed to give four rounds to him. So perhaps, you know, that, uh, you know, being aggressive and him being the home fighter and the crowd cheering on his work is something he could play on a little bit more. We've seen Devin Haney in the past get a little bit frustrated and perhaps a little bit nervous when his opponent can get on the inside and rough him up physically. He's been saying, you know, I don't want the referee to allow Devin to hold this much this time. So I think he's trying to set that tone nice and early that, you know, Devin shouldn't be able to, to make the fight negative. So I think he's going to be really aggressive. Usually he likes to be a bit patient, likes to counter punch off the front foot. But this time I think he'll be just all guns blazing and he'll go right for him. Is that why you say it could be a fight that is being slept on? Potentially, yeah. I think, you know, there's a lot of people that look at this fight and say, you know, it's going to be as one-sided as last time. But you could also, if you're going to put a positive spin on it, you could say, well, Cambosis probably couldn't be much worse than last time. And perhaps Haney can't be as good as last time. Sometimes your levels just drop because of complacency. And last time he had the nerves, he had the, the jitters going in, whereas this time he might not have that. So it could be entertaining, but I think many of us are expecting another Devin Haney win here. Another Devin Haney masterclass. Finally, Deontay Wilder is back in the ring against Robert Hellenius. Um, coming off two defeats. What do you make of this fight? Is it a walkover for Wilder? Is, is, can Hellenius be dangerous here? Hellenius is on a really good run of form. Um, obviously produced two you know, solid victories over Adam Kalnaki, where he was the underdog in both of those, actually, um, but produced brilliant performances, you know, didn't kind of waste any time in there, produced two brutal knockouts. He's a big guy. They call him the Nordic nightmare for a reason. He can be a little bit tricky, but he's had trouble in the past with bigger opponents. He tends to work well against smaller guys, but when he's got in there with guys that are over six foot five, six six, he's been knocked out in the past. And Deontay Wilder used him as sparring for Tyson Fury. So I think coming back, he's probably realised, okay, I've sparred this guy. I know what he's about. Although he's on a nice run of form, I think I can beat him. And I'm just excited to see Deontay Wilder let those bombs go again because it's been a while since we've seen him knock someone out. And what's in it for for for, for Wilder in this fight? The- the plan is for him to go into a pay-per-view fight next year with Andy Ruiz. They're both aligned with the PBC. Um, Andy Ruiz obviously has just beaten Luis Ortiz in September. And the plan was that if Andy Ruiz wins that, if Deontay Wilder wins this weekend, then they'll square off against each other early next year. So that's an exciting fight. And ultimately the, the sort of fight heavyweight we need before one of them can challenge the, the top guys again. Okay, great stuff, Jamie. Always a pleasure talking to you. Um, uh, all the best there in Liverpool on Saturday. We'll keep uh, following you online there to see how our guy Laratot Lamin is doing. Thank you very much today, sir. Thanks. Punch Perfect Boxing, guys. Do subscribe. Uh, follow him also on social media. And then you can go to the YouTube channel to subscribe and get the latest when it comes to boxing. You can tell he also follows what's happening here in South Africa. Knows our boxers very, very well, uh, Jamie Bond. We're going to take a quick break. Then the chairperson of the National Promoters Association, Mr. Ayanda Matiti, is here in studio with us.